Welcome to Parkview On The Go. I'm Nathan, the online pastor, and I want to start by saying Happy Mother's Day. If you're a mom, uh, you play one on TV, or you're the mother figure to someone else, thank you. We see you and are grateful for your unselfish investment in others. And if you're listening for the first time, you have tuned into a church where regardless of your past or your story, you can take a step toward God. Whether you've been a Christian a long time or you're just starting to explore a life of faith for the first time, you belong here and we are so glad that you're listening. Today, we celebrate all of the mother figures in our lives while remembering a couple of things. First, we know that talking about motherhood carries with it all kinds of memories, emotions, and sometimes doubt, guilt, and shame. We also know that not everyone had the best example of earthly parents growing up. So we acknowledge those realities and we pray that you're able to hear from our God who sees you, loves you, and is fighting for you. Enjoy the service. Am I at the right place? This is Parkview, right? Oh boy. I, I could have come prepared. We ready to do this? Here we go. Where do I start? (laughs) Voila. Done. Done. I wrote this myself. Mikkel? Karen, babe, you're the most phenomenal person I've ever had in my life. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And our existence is made eternally much better with you in it. I'm not ashamed to say, I hope it'll always stay this way. So how do you write a letter to the woman in your life and the mother that gives up everything You're loving, you're unselfish, understanding, you're a peacekeeper. That just gives up everything. Gives up everything for everyone else. I'm so proud of all of your accomplishments. Work, school, family. She does everything and she's phenomenal. I don't know how she does it. This is your day. I hope it's filled with joy, laughter, and most of all, fun. We love you. We are thankful for you. Happy happy Mother's Day. Oh, I screwed up the very last thing. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Good to have you moms with us. Happy Mother's Day, Homer, New Lenox, Orland, online. Glad to have you. Listen, before I get started, let me just say, um, yeah, I dressed up a little bit because my mom's watching. She can't see the jeans, can she? Good. All right, good. Um, I... uh, I just, uh, you know, this last week was Teacher Appreciation Week, and um, before we get to appreciating moms, could, could I just ask all the teachers and the school administrators and paraprofessionals to stand right now? Would you just do that at all of our campuses so we can thank you? What an amazing year you've been through. We love you guys. Thank you. Oh, man, what a crazy year. I, and, you know, I mean, uh, parents will have you stand at some point too because you were the honorary teachers this year. Today we're, we're following the fifth commandment and honoring our moms and, and I know that that brings mixed emotions on Mother's Day. I mean it always does. Motherhood has always been that way. 
Our third daughter, our last daughter, had her first baby uh, this year in January. So all my girls are moms this year. That's pretty crazy. So happy Mother's Day, Becca. It's, it's, just a, it's fun to say that. Uh, his name is August because he was born in January. So, um, <laughs> so far, Becca and Andy and all of us think, uh, you know, baby August is really knocking it out of the park. But that's because our frame of reference is my other grandkids. And uh, so at three months, if they sleep and poop, everything is perfect, right? That's all he can do. But uh, he's my grandkid, so he'll start screwing things up soon enough. We know that. Happy Mother's Day, Lauren. Love you. Happy Mother's Day, Rachel. Happy Mother's Day to my wife, Denise, the best mom ever. And to my mom, um, mom, I love you. Mother's Day is hard as well um, because of the year that it's been, okay? Uh, you know, because of COVID, we real, I realized that this is the first, going to be the first normal-ish Mother's Day that my wife has had since her mom passed away. She passed away a year and a half ago, but last year we weren't really sitting in a service thinking about Mother's Day, right? So it's different. And I know that some of you didn't have great moms, and some would like to be moms, and it's not happening, and there's all these categories. And I really don't want to make this hard for you, but I do want to honor our moms. And I think Proverbs 31 says it well, says it the best, best description of a mom you can find in Scripture. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. And look, I know this has been the hardest year of motherhood in any mom's life because of COVID. We saw it in our daughter's lives as they were trying to navigate all the crazy things that went on. And their kids aren't even school age yet. I mean, those of you who had school age kids, crazy, crazy. So this is the Mother's Day that we should give praise to moms probably more than any other year in history. So here's what I want to do. Children, all of our campuses, online, everybody, children and husbands, I want you Uh, Moms, I want you to stay seated, and I want for everybody else to arise. Would you stand with me and give her praise? To the moms around you, give them praise, all right? We love you guys. We're cheering for you online. Let your children and your husbands bring you praise. Ah, that gets me. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Today, I want to look at the... uh, at the most blessed mother of all time, Mary, right? The only mom whose kid was actually perfect. I mean, think about it, okay? I, I mean, we usually only talk about Mary at like Christmas time, right? And, and I know some of you grew up with an overemphasis on Mary, and some of us don't talk about her enough. What would it be like to be her? I mean, just think about motherhood in, in that reference, okay? Like, I love this cartoon. Well, if it isn't Joseph and Mary... Our son is God. Come on, that's a good bumper sticker. I'm going to just pick out some key phrases from the life of Mother Mary today and help you to understand what motherhood is about and how it all leads us back to her son Jesus, okay? Angel Gabriel, you know the story, virgin in in Nazareth to inform her that she's going to give birth to the Messiah. And from the moment that she heard the news, she had mixed emotions. And that's what I want to talk about today, the mixed emotions of, of motherhood. She says, well, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She's so so servant minded from the get go. From now on, all generations will call me blessed and the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. At the same time, we read that Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting 
this might be. Do you see the mixed emotions? She's like, yay, this is awesome, and then uh, greatly troubled, and I want you to hang on to that. I mean, she knows there's not a physical way that this is going to make any sense. She knows the emotional pain is going to be crazy through this supernatural deal that nobody else is going to believe. And hey, let's just go back and remember that having a baby is the most beautifully confusing thing in the world, right? Greatly troubled is a good phrase for pregnancy, isn't it? I mean, morning sickness, tiredness, swollen body parts, and praying every day for a a healthy child. So Mary's emotions were mixed when the shepherds came to visit her that Christmas night. And and she was wrung out from pain and anxiety and and the 80-mile-an-hour trip on a 80-mile trip on a donkey, but she was bursting 80-mile-an-hour trip on a donkey would really make you anxious. But, But she was bursting with joy at the new baby lying in a manger by her side. And it was all worth it, wasn't it, moms? Mom, wasn't it? One woman was asked, if you had to do it over again, would you do it? She said, yeah. Not the same kids, but yeah. (laughs) Mary, greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting it might be, but Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Moms, grandmoms, would you please, great-grandmoms, would you treasure all these things in your heart today. That's a phrase I want us to key in on as we look at, the, at this whole thing and how it unfolds. Jesus is just a few days old when she takes him into the temple. And, and they go into the temple and there's this crazy old dude. I mean, this guy would have been arrested, you know, today, but there's this crazy old guy in the temple named Simeon. And he sees the baby and he says, oh, this is the Messiah. This is the light for Gentiles and for Israel. And the Bible says that Joseph and Mary marveled at what was said about their child by this guy. And it wasn't that out of the norm. He was a prophet kind of a guy. But then Simeon said to Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul also, Mary. A sword. Okay. So, so it's going to pierce your soul, right? So we have greatly troubled, and we have a soul that is pierced. Sound like motherhood so far? Mary goes to the temple with mixed emotions. She leaves with mixed emotions. She realizes that her son is the son of God. She knows that, but she's starting to see a little bit more of the bigger picture. And now, of course, we know what the bigger picture was all about, but she didn't really know that. And no mother would put herself in the same category of soul piercing by a sword that Mary went through, obviously. But I do think the phrase fits motherhood in general. When you have a child, there will be swords. And maybe you have one right now. Your child didn't turn out the way that you wanted, or they're rebelling against you, or the relationship is strained. Or whatever it is. Here's here's what I want you to understand. Mary is the greatest example of a mom who depended on her faith in God to see her through the sword times. And whoever you are, wherever you're listening to me today, if you're in a sword time, Mary is a great example to us. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be great. There are going to be sword times in your life. And Mary is a perfect example to us. May it be to me as you have spoken. That's what she said. 
So then we don't know much about Jesus growing up, right? At age 12, there's this incident where they go to the temple to, to worship, and Mary and Joseph take him to Jerusalem. It's about a three-day trip from where they were. It's the Passover weekend. It's busy. And when they start back home, they lost Jesus. They realize Jesus isn't with them, okay? If you haven't heard the story before, it, I mean, to me, it's humorous. I mean, sure, it wasn't to them. I mean, maybe you've never lost a kid before, but most of us, you know, at some point have kind of like, oh, I thought he was with you. I thought it was with you, right? I just want to hear this conversation replayed in heaven someday, don't you? I thought he was with you. I thought he was with you. We lost the Son of God. I bet they ran back to Jerusalem, right? So they get back to the temple, and they found Jesus calmly sitting with the teachers of the law, all the old men that knew everything about Scripture. And it says, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents got there and they saw him, they were astonished. I don't think that's really the right word, okay? His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? The actual Greek translation of that is, you're in big trouble, mister. Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And Mary was frustrated and confused. And 12-year-old Jesus basically said, Mom, I'm God. Remember? Why were you searching for me? He asked. <laughs> didn't you know I had to be about my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Okay? There it is. They didn't understand. There's another key phrase of motherhood in Mary that is a key phrase for all of us along the way. We got greatly troubled, we got soul pierced, and we've got didn't understand. I guess I want to bring this up because if there are relationship misunderstandings between Jesus and Mary, it should make you moms feel okay if things aren't perfect between you and your kid right now. I just want you to know that. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, but his mother treasured all of these things in her heart. There it is again. You see that? She treasured all these things in her heart. I love this. And moms, if you don't do anything else this weekend, can you agree with Mary to treasure all these things in your heart? I know some of you are younger moms. Some of you are older moms. I get all that. There's mixed emotions with the whole thing. But today, at least of all days, treasure these things in your heart, the good and the bad. And obviously things got harder. Here's what's weird about the story of Jesus. I mean, we don't get much about the information of him as a kid, right? And there's also no more mention of his dad after age 12. It's pretty obvious from the lack of mention and nothing else being in there that Joseph passes away. Um, and Jesus might have been in his middle or late teens when Mary became a single mom. Think about this. And according to Matthew 13, I know those of you that grew up Catholic don't understand this, but Mary had at least six other kids, okay? Six other younger children that she now had to raise by herself. So Mary, at some point, was a single mom. Have you ever put that together? I mean, Joseph's not there, and Mary was a single mom. And I want to talk to you single moms. Man, we all love you. We all can't imagine how hard it is to do what you do. 
And if you're a single mom out there and you need help, will you, we just, we're going to have somebody talk to you. We want to connect with you. Just text Mary, we thought that would be appropriate, to our text number, 65649, and we will have someone reach out to help you. If you need help with finances or whatever it is that we can help you do, we want to help you. Moms, we know how hard it is. I love the story about the mom who promised her three active sons that she would play uh, cowboys with them after she finished the dinner dishes. And and so they did, and one of the boys got his toy pistol and shot mom and said, bang, you're dead. And mom slumped to the ground, and her next-door neighbor who's watching this whole thing, he, he sees her not get back up. And he's a little bit concerned, so he runs over to see if she's been hurt in the fall. And when he bends over, the exhausted mom opened up one eye and said, don't give me away. This is the first chance I've had to rest all day. This is the the thing that we understand about what you go through. Moms, greatly troubled, soul pierced, didn't understand. And dads, can 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 I give you some encouragement today? They need you. The Bible says this, all of us have had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Have we all had dads? Who disciplined us and we respected them for us? Some of you dads need to man up. I'm just going to tell you right now. One of the great patron saints of the South Suburbs passed away last week, Marty Ozinga, um, one of the great men of faith I've ever known. And I was at the funeral on Monday, and uh, Justin was telling this story about how when they were kids, there was a pond in their backyard, and they had a tree that was really close to the pond in the backyard. And unbeknownst to his parents, the boys, they had six boys, they would run up in the tree, and they would jump off the tree branch into the pond, which was obviously extremely dangerous. But, you know, mom and dad didn't know until one day, Justin said, Marty was walking outside, and he saw us jumping off the tree. And he looked at us, and he turned around, and he walked back in the house. And they thought, oh, well, I guess we're getting away with this. The next day, they're up there jumping into the pond, and a guy with a chainsaw shows up in their backyard. (laughs) And he says, kids, you better get out of the tree. And he cut the thing down. Dads, we need to be helping them along the way, okay? I'm not saying I was that great at it either. I had... I had three daughters, and they had me wrapped around their little fingers, and it looks like it's going on to the next generation. My son-in-law, Ash, sent me that picture today. Look at that little stinker. That is the, that is the daddy, can we have a puppy look, isn't it? You know that's what she's doing, son. She can't even talk yet, but she's got the look. Uh, author Larry Christensen says that when he was a boy, his mom told him to do something, and he was mad at her, and, and as she was leaving the room, he mumbled to himself, you're a big dummy. What he didn't know was that his dad had just walked into the room behind him. Suddenly, he felt the strong arm of his father lifting him up off the floor and up against the wall, and he found himself staring straight into the eyes of his father, who said, who's the big dummy? Larry said, I'm a big dummy. I'm a big dummy. Lamont, I'm a big dummy, right? Okay, children. I want to I encourage you too. I know we got kids in here listening to us. I, I get that. When you respect the authority of your mom and your dad, you make their life more fulfilling and not frustrating. Don't say amen, parents, if you're sitting by them, but you know in your heart you are saying this. Children, you got to respect and obey your parents, okay? The Bible says that. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, okay? That's important. But what's going to happen? If we do what we're doing today, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. 
that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You know, the more I listened to my mom and listened to my mom, the better off my life is. Young people, you want it to go well with you. You want to enjoy a long life on the earth. Then listen to your mom. Our example in this is Jesus. Because it said, he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. I mean, if anybody had a reason to rebel against mom and dad, it's Jesus, right? But he didn't do that. And the story goes on with mixed emotions for Mary and Jesus. Jesus. I mean, the, the weird thing as I talk about letting your kids go, I mean, you just go, walk through the story, right? Jesus doesn't leave home until he's 30. Hopefully, it's going to go better than that for you, okay? <laughs> but there was a reason, okay? There was a reason. When you remember that Jesus was the oldest son and the primary provider, again, we're believing that, G, that Joseph was gone by now, he evidently worked uh, many more years as a carpenter to support the family. That's why I love this scene from the Passion movie. Red. Kina. Lehebne. Irin Segi. Hi. Lemenne. Hey, Nash Karathia. Isn't it fun to see Jesus, you know, like a person, um, like, like a normal, you know, relationship with his mom? I believe Jesus waited until his brothers were capable of taking over the business before he started his ministry. So what happens? He's baptized by John the Baptist to announces the beginning of his primary calling in the kingdom. And then a few weeks later, he's at a wedding reception in Cana when they run out of wine. Another hilarious story for me. Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, he says, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. In other words, it's time when I say it's time, and it's time, right? And scholars really don't know what to do with this, because you have to realize that Jesus must have been planning a different kind of miracle to show the world that he was the Messiah. Maybe something more dramatic than making wine, which only uh, the host and a few servants and his mom knew he even did in the first place. 
But he loved and he honored his mom enough that he went ahead and did the first miracle because she asked him to. I remember a great story from the Bush administration. Former First Lady Laura Bush recalled an overnight visit that they had in the home of his parents, the former president, Mr. and Mrs. Bush. And she said George sat down uh, on, the, on the sofa and he put his feet up on the coffee table. And all of a sudden, Barbara Bush yelled, get your feet off the table. And George Sr. said, well, for goodness sake, Martha, Barbara, whatever her name is, he's the president of the United States. And Barbara said, I don't care. I don't want his feet on my coffee table. And W took him off. And Laura said, even presidents have to listen to their mothers. And, and, and trust me, it, it always happens that way. But, but it's interesting that a few months later, Mary comes to take Jesus home, and he's become so popular that they, don't, they, they can't even get into the house. There's so many people crowding around, but at the same time, he, he hasn't taken the time to eat, and the religious leaders are trying to kill him, and people were saying he was out of his mind. So Mary comes to rescue him like a good mother. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers? Jesus asked. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Okay? So there's a difference the time, this time, Jesus wasn't going to do what his mom wanted. This was basically another time where Jesus says, don't you know that I need to be about my father's business? And Mary and the brothers didn't understand why the religious leaders were against Jesus and nobody wants to see their kid fail. And that's what it appeared Jesus was doing. And the soul was piercing her, but she had to let him go. And for those of you who haven't done that yet, it's so hard. <laughs> I can tell you this, it's a lot of fun to have your kids be adults and be friends with them, but you have to let them go. We thought Rachel was kind of crazy when she wanted to take a semester off from school in college at Belmont University to go start a campus ministry in England. And as a matter of fact, the college wouldn't allow her to do it. So they literally had to kick her out of college and she went and did a semester abroad because they wouldn't approve it. And they told her that she could reapply the next semester, and it went fine. And the ministry flourished, and they're still one of our global partners today. And they readmitted her to school, and she graduated on time. And the funny part is that she won the Heart of Belmont Award for being the student who exemplified the values of the school. They kicked her out for it, but they liked it, okay? That's how it went. So, yeah. And she met her husband there, the best announcement presenter of all time, among all things. Why? Because we let her go. And we let Lauren go to Bolivia for six months during college and Becca to Kenya. And it was hard on them and it's hard, it was hard on us. But it helped to prepare them for being on their own and being in their own calling with Jesus. And all of this part is really interesting to look back on the life of Mary. But the Bible is not very melodramatic, but there are eight words that really rip your heart out when we get to John's gospel and, and this verse, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Greatly troubled, soul pierced, didn't understand. And Mary was witnessing the brutality that was heaped on her son. And obviously this was the big soul piercing moment that Simeon had prophesied. But it's also one of the most interesting mother-son moments 
It happens in the life of Mary and Jesus. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, which was John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Why did Jesus do that? Why not assume the younger brothers are going to take care of their mother? We don't really know. Probably it had something to do with the fact that Jesus wanted Mary to be around the reinforcement of believers, and it didn't appear that his brothers were believers yet. But it's interesting that the role is reversed at this point. Mary has taken care of Jesus, but now that she's an older widow, Jesus is looking out for her from the cross. Amazing. Irma Bombeck wrote touching articles some years ago, back when she was doing all her famous writing. She said, when did I become the mother and the mother become the child? Did it come the rainy afternoon when you were driving home from the store and you slammed on your brakes and your arm sprang out protectively between her and the windshield? The transition comes slowly as it began between her and her mother. The changing of power, the transferring of responsibility... Suddenly, you're spewing out the familiar phrases learned at the knee of your mother. So where's your sweater? You know how cold the stores get with all that air conditioning. You look really nice today. Did I tell you you'd like that dress? Do you have to go to the bathroom before we go? As your own children grow strong and independent, the mother becomes more childlike. You bathe the body that once housed you. You spoon-feed the lips that kissed your cuts and bruises and made them well. You comb the hair that used to playfully cascade over you to make you laugh. Her naps are frequent, as yours used to be. You accompany her to the bathroom and wait for her to return to bed. You never thought it would be like this. Then one day, while you're out riding with your daughter, she slams on the brakes, and her arm flies out instinctively in front of you, and you think, oh, so soon? It does go that fast, you guys. The last biblical picture we have of Mary, however, is a great story. Obviously, we know she was at the empty tomb, and what a day that must have been for Mary, as it is for all of us, but way more amazing for her. And then the very last time we hear about Mary is Acts 1.14, which is after the death and the resurrection, And it just says, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Mary saw the beautiful completion of the journey as the mother of God. And she was there when the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples, and so were his siblings. And that just fills my heart with so much joy, I can't tell you. But what's so important here in the middle of this, as we celebrate Mother's Day is that if, if Mary needed a Savior, how much more do the rest of us? Everyone should treasure these things in their hearts. You should ponder them. In a few minutes after we do some worship, we're going to take communion together, and you should ponder them in your heart. Let me close with this from Angela Guffey's book, A Tender Mercy for a Mother's Soul. And this is for all of you moms. This is for all the mothers who froze their bottoms off on metal bleachers at the soccer games Friday night instead of watching them from cars so that when their kids asked them, did you see my goal, they could say, of course, I wouldn't have missed it for the world and really mean it. 
This is for all the mothers who sat up all night with sick toddlers in their arms, wiping up chunks of wieners and cherry soda that suddenly reappeared, saying, it's okay, honey, mommy's here. This is for the mothers who gave birth to babies they will never see, and the mothers who took those babies and made homes for them. This is for the mothers of the victims of shootings and the mothers of the people who shot them. This is for the mothers who run carpools and make cookies and sew Halloween costumes. And this is for all the mothers who don't. This is for reading Goodnight Moon twice a night for a year and then reading it again just one more time, Mom. This is for all the mothers who mess up and yell at their kids in the grocery store and stomp their feet like a tired two-year-old who wants ice cream before dinner. This is for all the mothers who taught their daughters to tie their shoelaces before they started school and for all the mothers who opted for Velcro instead. This is for all the mothers who show up at work with spit up in their hair, mouth stains on their blouses, and diapers in their purse. Moms, we honor you this Mother's Day. Would you all stand with me because we're going to spend some time in worship and I want to pray for us as we get ready to do that. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful that you had an awesome mom. I can't wait to meet her someday. And I am so thankful that I had an awesome mom. And I am so thankful that my kids had an awesome mom. And I'm so thankful that my grandkids have awesome moms. And and I, I know there's a lot of mixed emotions here with us today. Some of our moms are gone. Some of the relationships weren't great. All of those things I talked about, Lord, I understand that. But I just am so grateful for the example of Mary who walks us through all of the stages of what motherhood is going to look like and yet at the end never forgot that she still needed a savior. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for all of us, for those who need you this Mother's Day weekend. I pray that their hearts will be open right now. It's in your name that we pray. Thanks again for joining us today. If you decided to take a step toward God or you're thinking it's time to talk with us about what that might look like for you, that is awesome. The best way to let us know is by visiting parkviewchurch.com slash next steps and filling out the next steps form. We'd love to help you explore faith and continue taking steps toward God. Next weekend, we start a new teaching series called Behind the Mask that I hope you won't miss. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his eyes toward you and give you his peace. See you next time.